episode 77. My name is Justin. Hey, I'm Chris. And welcome to the Bobble Buffoons Podcast. Good to see you, buddy. Hi there. Oh, long lost friend. We passed each other on the road yesterday. <laughs> What'd you say? I exist. You exist. <laughs> We're real people. We're here. Uh, yeah. We've been gone. You've been gone for a few days. I was gone all last week. How was Disney World? We went to Disney World's with the fam. It was like 40 degrees. It was rainy. It was like, it was cold. I mean, it was, a, it was an incredible trip. So I'm, much fun. I'm, I'm surprised that it was that cold. And what's crazy is... Mary Beth, so we flew. Boys did great. Mary Beth's sister met us there, and she had her car. So, like, I went to Walmart and got food for the kids and stuff like that. Because I ain't about to spend no $12 corn dog mm. for the kids not to eat it. We'll do PB&Js. $7 popcorn. I'll do that for myself all day long. <laughs> I'm going to eat it and enjoy it, but they don't. But, so I went to Walmart, and then the, towards the end of the week, it's going to get cold. So I went back to Walmart, like... Let me find some gloves for me and Rick. You had to hold a stroller. Your yeah. hands are cold. Can't put them in your pocket. No gloves. It is Florida. And no hats in January. Yeah. And not that like they were sold out. Like they don't offer them only online. <laughs> Plenty of bathing suits. Of course. You could flip flop it up. <laughs> what is that crazy is that I went to Disney. This may have been 10, 11 years ago. With my wife and some people, we were down there for a conference and went over, and it was a heat wave. Like I had to like go to a mall in Daytona first and buy shorts, nice, because it was so hot down there. But then this time, I'm trying to buy gloves and a hat, and they didn't chilly, have chilly. Yeah, but, we went in January a couple of years ago, and it was like 60s. Yeah, it's great, just very mild. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've been where it's like, hey, I wear shorts, but I wear a little hoodie in the morning. Yeah, but a then little jacket, but you we're take good. Off. Yeah. Uh-uh. Not one, this time. One day I had like four layers on of shirts it was so cold nice and rainy like we couldn't wear shoes Mary Beth could I, me and Katie couldn't wear shoes back to back days they were too wet so thankfully we brought extra shoes we blew the circuit um, in our um, hotel suite because uh, we had two blow dryers drying <laughs> our shoes it was an experience I like that but it was great had a lot of fun the uh uh, the oldest, the five-year-old rode, rode Tower of Terror. How did that go? Not great. Yeah. Didn't he t- like he told me a little bit about it. <laughs> he did? Yeah, he came over. I don't know what day was that. Sunday? Whenever y'all got back? Well, you got back Sunday. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know you were at home. I thought you were gone. No, I left Monday morning. Oh, uh, Monday morning. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. He uh, held it together. I wasn't with him. I was with the little boys changing diapers and whatnot. It's a pretty scary ride. I enjoy it. But yeah. yeah, he held it together to the very end. And then he said, are we done with the up and downs? I said, yeah. Then he's just like crying. Ray Beth said even the very beginning of it, like you're in that room. Oh, it's all and, like, really t- creepy. Like, it's, yeah. But it's made to be scary. Yeah. He's probably fine with the ride. Yeah. It's like the all the setup creepiness of it. They convince the children that they're in an elevator to their death. So yeah, it's understandable that they get a little scary. He didn't like the dinosaur ride either. Did you guys do dinosaur at Epcot? Yeah. It's I think it's it'll come legit. at you. It's legit. 
he was so great is that we have like the photo pass. So we have yeah. all the pictures and it's just like his head covered. And Mary Beth was like, did you like the dinosaurs? He's like, I didn't see a thing. My head was down the whole time. <laughs> he just kept his eyes closed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Awesome. Pretty funny. Pretty good. Well, you're back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all, it's weird because we took last week off. We doubled up. Mm-hmm. Now we're here. Excited. It's kind of cold and wet and rainy. We're in the season now, man. Baseball season. Yes. Had a chilly practice last night. It wasn't as cold as it could have been. Yeah, for sure. But still cold. <laughs> we got Friday night. Boo. That's not a great fit. He's like, we have Friday nights at 530. And we're like, did you did you lose the practice? Yeah, like how did picking? this happen? And then and then he was like, "Oh, we have another time too. We have Sunday at one." I'm like, "Yeah, great. <laughs> That's miserable, man." <laughs> yeah. So this Sunday I'll have church, and then I have a meeting with the parents about our Winterfest trip. I run home, scarf down. I don't know, cheese or something that I could get just a handful of. Just a block of cheese. And then I wish. And then. Uh, Take Jack to practice and then sprint back here to church because we're going It's our annual polar bear plunge this Sunday. Who who has the honor of hosting the polar the Castleman's. bear plunge? Castleman's. Nice. We're jumping in. Are they in. jumping in with you? They typically do. Nice. Steve, not always. Amy, always. <laughs> always. I like it. So we're going to jump in. We're What's gonna the jump. weather looking like? Like low 31, high that's, 45. That's, that's a real polar bear plunge. Hot is like 51 that day. That's a chilly day. And apparently he said the water was like... 5560. That's cold. That's cold. We're going to jump in. Y'all don't swim, do you? You just jump nope. in and get right back out. You got to swim to the other side of the pool. Nope. Nothing. But it's not the long ways, the width way. So you could jump almost halfway. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd be jumping and just going straight for the wall. That's what we do. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. No. I mean, we're not playing Marco Polo out here. It is like, how fast can you get to that side? And we have like bonfires and we have people with towels to put right over you as soon as it's over. Yeah. I've done it every year. Nice. And it is cold. Well, you can't you can't lead the people where you're not willing to go. So. But I always go last. Nice. Just to make sure. But to make sure that you all do it. But we have other adults, other grandparents that are like, we have more adults this year that are jumping. Nice. That are like, yeah, I'll do it. Because you get a free sweatshirt. Ah. That's how you entice them. Like, well, hey. I'll, I'll, when I have a kid in, in, the, in, the, in the student ministry. You'll jump? I'll, I'll jump. But not, not it's like one, two more years, man. Not one day before. It's not that bad. In Alabama, I would imagine that some years it's really not that bad. This year it's going to be cold. This is going to be cold. <laughs> the worst part for me is my toes. Mm. It's like it is like my toes will stay cold the rest of the night. Yeah. Like the whole night my that. toes are. But like the rest of my body, we have fire. We'll go eat chili, have a good little Bible talk devotional. It's a great night. My toes, I bring like wool socks. Like how do Four I. Four pairs. Yes. <laughs> how do I make that happen? Little toe warmers. But. You know, it is what it is. I'm excited. If you guys do polar bear plunge, let us know. It's one of those nice, easy little connection things for our for our teens and for our families. There are a lot of parents coming now just to watch. Yeah, which I think is funny. Did we get any feedback on our our parable episodes? No, we haven't. I haven't got anything. Nice. I haven't got a single thing. Classic. 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 <laughs> Bible buffoons listeners. Zero. I was talking to somebody in the hall here uh, on Sunday, and she was like, "You know, I really, I really appreciated the the episodes on the, on the parables. I always feel like such a dummy when I read them, and I don't know what he's talking about." And I was like, "You shouldn't feel bad. The people who are like best friends with Jesus, the ones that followed him everywhere, they didn't know what he was talking about. You're good." 
trying to think of who that was that asked you that. I it was Miss Beverly Bendall. I was going to say. Is Beverly Bendall. Hello, Beverly. You're listening hey, to this. Beverly. You say on Sunday mornings as you are getting ready, your makeup on is what you tell me. You listen to us in the mornings on Sunday. So happy Sunday. We'll happy see Sunday. you in a we'll few hours. We'll see you in a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Get there. Yeah. Like there are times you're reading and you go, I don't know what that means. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. And then you read a couple verses later, like, oh yeah, no, nobody else did either. <laughs> <laughs> they still didn't know what was yeah. going on. Um, well, hey, we're gonna pivot a little bit. Um, pivot. Ooh. <laughs> hey, did you watch an Instagram that I sent you last night? The Office one. Yeah, yeah, that was really funny. That was really funny. Uh, Except I feel attacked. I don't know why. Why? I don't know because I'm into that like style of music. There's this reels. <laughs> we sound like the oldest. There's a reels. Then, on wait, the, you ever seen a reel on, on Instagram? The, on the IG uh, of this guy who played the office theme, but as like if a, a worship worship band played it, current worship band, <laughs> it's on point. It was real smooth. It's I liked on it. point. Yeah. So that 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 made me chuckle. I thought y'all would appreciate that. Definitely, we're big office fans. I know. I know. Um, all right, so here we go. We're gonna jump in. Um, was gonna do another parable that kind of aligned with this theme but i feel like we've talked about the prodigal son in the past year we, uh, we well, mention it a bunch it's one of my favorites so it comes up a lot it co- yeah it's one of those ones that like okay good uh but um we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna pivot away from there but we're gonna stay in the same lane so if you can think about you know the prodigal son kind of goes along has some same similar themes uh as what we're gonna be in um, so we got a few years ago, we got one of those Oculus Rifts, one of those uh, oh, uh, Oculus Quest VR headsets. What's an Oculus Rift? Is that a, it's the one that like connects. Oh, it's another piece. It's, it's the same I thought thing. that was like a, like a, like a medical term for something happening to your eye. I don't know. I had an Oculus Rift. I had, I had a detached surgery. retina with a touch of Oculus Rift. I got no. way. I was like, "What's it? Where's this story?" You looked at me weird. I was like, "You've played RVR before, like you know what this." All right, is. I'm with you now. Continue with your Oculus, story. yes, VR headset. There's all these different games, and, and ever since I was a boy, I loved um, flying games. Yeah, and there's even stuff you can get online right now. You, you, you can do like a flight like simulator. I do and, like flight simulator, and you go places and they have like the big screens, and yeah. you're like, "Oh, this is gonna be awesome." I love them. For about 14 minutes. Yeah. And then I hate them because they are so daggum hard. Yeah. It's it, hard to fly. If you like put them. Yeah. It makes you be like, okay, guys. Yeah. Like, is this what a real plane's like? <laughs> do real people do this? I want to see a pilot do a flight simulator and be like, oh, no, this is way too hard. Like, yeah. <laughs> our planes are way easier than this. Yeah. But, they fly themselves. It's great. Yeah. yeah you said buttons and it just goes. Um, I'm kidding. If you're a pilot, I know it's a very hard job. Respect. Respect. Double yeah, respect. I, as I was just on a plane twice last <laughs> week. Good job, guys. We made it. And our son goes, what if we crash? He's like, hey. I'm like, we're not going to crash. He goes, what if we do? I was like, we're going to die. Like, <laughs> That's this, it for us. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know. He's like, I'm scared. I'm like, don't. Like, this happens. Like, people fight all yeah. the time. But he's like, what happened? I was like, well, then we go to heaven. We meet Jesus. Like, cool. Way to take it to a dark place, Jack. Yeah, Come I know. On, all, the whole time. And then just, and, oh, and then there's a girl next to us. This is a side note, guys. There's a girl next to us on our way there. So Mary Beth had the twins in her three seats. Me and Jack, and then next to me. I was in the middle seat on the aisle row. Was this lady, first in her thirties, first time ever to fly? Nice. 
she was terrified. Well, you know, it's a giant. She could not. She was like reaching for me and reaching for the, <laughs> reaching for like the little tray. And she was holding the seat belt, like where you like pull it tight, like yeah. the extra. She's holding that like as tight as she can. I'm like, it's going to be good. And then like Jack goes, what if we die? What if we crash? And I'm like, Jack, stop it. Shut up. Freaking out over here. But she's like, oh, no, it's okay. I, I was like. Guys, you're both fine. I'd be parents like both those like this thirty year old lady. Let me just let me hold you. Y'all are and all. And then her husband was on the aisle other side, and yeah. he's laughing. He's just like, "Ah, she's scared." I'm like, "Yeah, you're not now's not with the her, time, man. buddy." I'm over here. Oh, it's crazy. Anyways, flight simulators, love them. Get it. But the one thing I do like about it, it's very different than what my six year old says. Five year old is, uh, "Hey, when you crash, you die." In a mm. In a fight simulator, you, you just restart. There we go. And we kind of come back, and you're like, hey, we got a new run. We got a new way. Uh, um, you know, we can still play the next round and keep going. Like many video games, you die and you respawn somewhere new. Yeah. You're back to it. That's a little bit kind of like the Prodigal Son story. That is a little bit uh, almost exactly like our life. Hmm. Um, and what we're going to look at today is in Micah, Micah, Micah. 7. Um, and it has the same feel of oh no i'm gonna crash i have crashed i have burned I, everything's destroyed but it's okay because i'm gonna come back mm. and not in this heaven way actually here on earth way like i'm gonna rejuvenate respond restoration restoration all the stuff i'm gonna do that because of god mm-hmm. um and so that's what we're gonna look at today we're just gonna look at this deal of uh grace and love that we see from Jesus, that we see from God, that we see kind of living together here with this brokenness and this grace, how like Micah kind of just pulls them together. Um, there's a verse in 1 Peter 5.10. I know that's New Testament. We're going to be in Old Testament, but I want to read this. Um, it says, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong firm and steadfast. So we get this idea of like, this only happens through him, right? This only happens through God in this. So as we kind of jump into Micah seven, give us a little B ground. You want a little Micah setup? I want a little Micah setup B ground on what's going on. Awesome. So Micah is one of what we call the minor prophets. There's 12 minor prophets that mm-hmm. are listed in our old Testament. And Micah, I think minor is, because they don't matter. No minor because <laughs> I don't know. I, I I think they're minor because their books are shorter, but yeah. you biblical scholars out there, you correct me. But I, I believe he's the sixth of 12 minor prophets. Uh, and one thing that a lot of people don't know or think about is that he was a contemporary of Isaiah. Oh, okay. So they were both kind of ministering at Isaiah the same time. Is not a minor. Isaiah is a major prophet, right? So uh, we're talking around pre-722 BC because in the book of Micah... How many chapters is in Micah? Micah's got seven, I think. Is this it? I think this is it. And Isaiah has like 60? A bunch, yeah. Like, (laughs) so maybe that's why. Um, So uh, because he actually prophesies in this book the fall of Samaria. So we know Uh that it's before 722. Covers the reign of three kings, uh-huh. um, and uh, he's he's a he's a he's, Jotham. He's from uh, yeah Jotham. What was the middle one? Hazah, Hazah, and Hezekiah. Um, we almost had kids that. 
Okay. So he he's he's living down around there in Judah. He's like 25 miles south of Jerusalem. Uh-huh. Uh, and the implication that we get from his book is that he kind of traveled around. Like he's ministering in Jerusalem, in his hometown. Uh, there's no genealogy listed, so he probably wasn't from a prominent family or anything. But here's here's one of the cool things. Like as far as prophets go, Micah is like an all-star prophet. He... <laughs> Uh, he correctly prophesies the fall of Samaria, Jerusalem's destruction, the Babylonian captivity, and the return from exile, as well as your boy Jesus Christ <laughs> being born in Bethlehem. Uh, that prophecy he is knows in Micah it all. five two. Um, and yeah, you kind of you kind of sorry skirted on the main mm. big idea of this book, but the the whole point of Micah's letter here and the story about Micah is proclaim. Jacob, the rebellion that's going on uh, in Israel, uh, and uh, to call the people back to yeah. repentance. You know, there's just injustice is rampant in the society at this time. And God chooses Micah to kind of speak this word of truth and to call the people back. There you go. Yeah. A little Micah primer. A little Micah primer set up background on that. Um, yeah. I mean, see, yes, there's a lot that Micah did. Like he, yeah. he prophesied well. Uh, did it as is told. So Micah seven. So what we're gonna talk about here? We talk about grace and we talk about um, kind of this boldness. Micah seven, seven through nine says, "But as for me, I watch and hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior. My God will hear me. Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Because I have sinned against him, I will bear the Lord's wrath until he pleads my case and upholds my cause. He will bring me out into the light. I will see his righteousness. So there's a lot there going on saying, hey, I hope in the Lord. I have this hope, which I preached on this years ago. Every time now I see the word hope, I think we used to get the word hope and wish mm -hmm. confused. Yeah, that's good. Right? Like, oh, I wish this will happen. That means 50-50? Yeah. It might. I don't have any certainty I that no it, certainty. it will or won't happen. <laughs> yeah, but hope is like, no, I know this will happen. And I'm looking forward I'm to looking it. Forward to, it may be yeah. a matter of time. I don't know when it's going to happen, mm -hmm. but I, I, I have hope. Yeah. Like, I, I have... Blessed assurance. Mm. Oh, look at there. Wow, there you go, buddy. Uh, you know, like I have this assurance, like I know it's going to happen. Yeah. I'm just waiting on it. Yeah, it's kind of like the, the idea that comes up in scripture a lot, um, an inheritance. Mm. You know, like the I know it's going to happen. I don't know the inheritance is sealed. Mm. It's a sure thing. Yep. Only thing you don't know is the span of time. In you're not wishing you're going to get it. Yeah. You're just waiting on it. Boom. Yeah. And so for here, it's the same thing. It's like, I know God is with me and I, and I know I have that. I'm, I am waiting for the Lord. Yeah. So he says here, which just me kind of going through, you know, I have like a few notes, but I know we were going to just gonna jump back and forth with this, but it says, I wait for God, my savior. My God will hear me. Verse mm. eight. I do not gloat over me. My enemy, though I have fallen, I will rise, though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Mm. So kind of after doing this little study, I, my brain kind of has made a switch in how I read verses like this. When I see eight, 
Verse 8, it says, Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. I always take that as the enemy has overcome him. Mm. And I'm sure there are times of that. And, and you know, you know, and we see that in scripture of, you know, you let this army come over me and take over me and I'm here. But here it says, don't gloat over me because I have sinned and I have fallen. And like the enemies are like, yes, look where he is at. Mm. Look where he is at in his life and in, and in his own mind, he has fallen because of his sin and he knows it. Um, and it says, even though I've fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Now, this isn't always about conquering armies coming in and taking over your whole life and yeah. your whole area. This can also just mean, hey, you yourself, you are broken and fallen and you know this and mm. you sit in that darkness, which is where we are today. Um, I don't think we're in fear over here, like in Birmingham, of us <laughs> getting like attacked, right? But yeah you know, but like Atlanta, right? Yeah. Like, Oh no, the enemies, it's more of our own sin that we sit in our own darkness. Yeah. There there's, you know, from Genesis all the way through the whole book, like the reality that we live in is that sin has consequences, mm-hmm. very real consequences. Um, and sometimes those consequences can be immediate or sometimes they can be delayed, but like, the cost of of living outside of God's will is very real, mm-hmm. and so what what we're looking at here is the a difficult first step, and it's the acknowledgement that I have stepped outside of God's will. Yes, and because He's willing to acknowledge that and to deal with the consequences of His sin, though He's fallen, He knows that He's going to stand back up. No, He's in darkness, and He's in darkness. And he's and Micah's kind of speaking prophetically to the yes, people of yeah. Israel. Oh, yeah, like exactly he, he's not. This isn't a personal thing for Micah, um, but though Israel is in darkness because of their own choices, yes, because of their decisions to live outside of the will and the law of God at the time, they're in darkness. If they turn back, God will be their light. Like they they are not um, always in darkness because of the outside enemies. Right. The outside enemies is because of their own sin. Right. So it's an internal out where it's like, look, God can, you know, beat any army with yeah. anything he wants. And we see it in scripture that he does. Mm-hmm. But it's like, uh-uh. Like it's not this, oh, well, what was us because they're attacking us? It's no. They're attacking us because, because of, of, of the us. consequences of <laughs> yeah, our own yeah, actions. Yes. 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 And that's what Mike is trying to get them you know, to kind of see yeah. like, Hey, understand this. Yeah. It's because of you. It's because of your sin. Um, so what, what's happening with, with Israel and, and Judah in this moment is like a really big picture of something that we all deal with. So what, yes. what God was doing in, in choosing <laughs> a people was creating a new society, a new way of dealing with one another that God thinks is the best way for people to live. We, just like Jerusalem and Israel, think that we can do it better. And we try to make our own path and, mm-hmm. and seek power and, and turn against one another and all this stuff. And the natural consequences of those things have the same impact on our lives that they do on a very large scale for the people of Israel. 
if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's like God is, in, and still now, is making a new people. He's teaching us how to deal with one another in a way that's very different from the world. And when we choose to go down that path, you're walking in God's will and everything's not going to be perfect, but you're on the path. If you decide to do things your own way, you step into darkness and brokenness and there will be consequences. Yeah. Yeah. And so in, so in Micah three, so he kind of tells them like, look, know where you're at, know that you have this, uh, know that you are broken and that God will deliver you. And then he kind of tells them like, basically they have just been corrupt Mm -hmm. this whole time. And not just, uh, not just the businessmen and the tax collectors of the day, the preachers as well. He's like, look, you do these things. So Micah three eleven says says her leaders judge for a bribe, her priests teach for a price, and her prophets tell fortunes for money. Yet mm-hmm. they look for the Lord's support and say, "Is not the Lord among us? No disaster will come upon us." Mm-hmm. So he says, look. You guys, you you teach and you prophesy and you you judge all for money and all for your own sake. You and your heart are corrupt and evil. And when that's brought up to them, they're like, "Is it, but is the Lord not with us?" Yeah. So you know, it's it's the God of Abraham and of Moses. It's 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 His God and it's our God and He's yeah. with us and He loves us. Yeah. So what's wrong? Yeah. And it's this you know like this definition of cheap grace. Um, of they they know they can get grace, but they don't quite grasp what it is. And when I think with Micah seven, what he is really teaching about at the end, like in verse nine, is understanding the realness of grace, mm-hmm. understanding the realness of acknowledging your sin, but then hopeful for the deliverance with God. Yeah, and that's what grace is. Yeah, is acknowledgement. And with this, and, and so, man, I had this in there. They had like this false like security mm-hmm. of them of like, no, 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 we're fine. Yeah. And Paul even talks about it too. Like, yeah. you don't sin to get more grace. We get grace, so I'll sin so I can get more grace. Grace is good, right? Yeah. I want more of it, so I'll sin to get more. It's like that's not the way we're supposed to live, guys. Yeah. But that's the way that they're living there. Yeah. I I think there's there's an important element of this too that like, yeah, they have they they are by name, the chosen people of God. So they think there's this um, shield around them that they can kind of do whatever they want to do. They're God's chosen people. It's going to be fine. But they are going through these religious motions, you know, what you just read. Like yeah. they're kind of still practicing some of this stuff, but they're really twisting it to benefit themselves. Mm-hmm. And we see all throughout scripture that really nothing angers God more than when the people who are supposed to be shepherding the people, you know, you look at Ezekiel um, and then all the way through to the Pharisees, you know, some of those really strong rebukes from Jesus are like, you are supposed to be the keepers of my people, the one who look out for them and help take care of the poor and on and on. But you just look out for yourself. You twist the religion to benefit you and I think I think one of the key verses in the whole book of Micah is in six eight, and he's like, "You have you have twisted this up, but mankind, he has told each of you what is good and what it is the Lord requires of you." So like, perk right. up, yeah, like, yeah. You want to know what God wants from you to act justly, uh-huh. to love faithfulness, and to walk humbly with your God. So he's like, 
you are completely 180'd from what God is actually wanting you to do as, as the people who are shepherding Israel and Jerusalem. Yeah. And this, this false, you know, security, this cheap grace that kind of comes from Diedrich Bonhoeffer. We're going to pull a little bit of Diedrich Bonhoeffer in here. This old German theologian. D Bon. Uh, in his book, The Cost of Discipleship, uh, on page 45, he says, Cheap grace. I like the page mentioned there. <laughs> <laughs> it's source site notes. Uh, cheap grace is the deadly enemy of our church. We are fighting today for costly grace. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where I don't want to land the plane, but where I just want to sit and dwell for a little bit of this idea of Micah says, Look, you need to acknowledge your sin, mm-hmm. you need to sit with it. Because if you look in nine, uh, because I've sinned against him, I will bear the Lord's wrath. Like I'm, I'm not, ru- I'm not running from I it. I am here. I'm going to sit in it. I'm going to sit. I'm understanding. I'm going to take it. If you ever been in trouble as a kid, which you all have, <laughs> right. And you're sitting there, you got to There's just times where you're like, I got to sit here and take it. Yeah. Like, yes, I did this wrong. Yes. I understand. Yes. I made poor choices. And yes, I deserve what is coming from my parents, mm. whether it is grounding or this or that. It's like, yep, my bad. Um, and he says, because I've sinned against him, I will bear in the Lord's wrath until he pleads my case and upholds my cause. But then he makes a switch. He will bring me out into the light. I will see his righteousness. That is this hopeful deal that we talked about where he's like, no, God is going to deliver me because God is full of grace. Mm. But God also has wrath. God also has consequences. And I got to take that. And I think for us as human beings today, we see this. Uh, um, like where we can't live or acknowledge our brokenness mm. in this. And that's, you know, what Dietrich Bonhoeffer is saying. Cheap grace is the deadly enemy of our church. Yeah. Cause we're like, no, it's okay. I have grace. I have grace. Yeah. I have it. God loves me. I'm there. And you don't acknowledge it. Costly grace is no, I got to take an internal look at this. Mm. I got to look and see what I did. Yeah. And for us, we think, and I think for America and I think for us today, if we truly believed in costly grace and full grace, and we believed in sitting in the brokenness and the wrath of God and know I did this, I need help. Mm. I'm here to acknowledge the grace of God and acknowledge my sin. Our Sunday morning invitation time <laughs> will be two hours long every yeah. single Sunday, right? Like we're just like, Hey, you all need to come forward. Yeah. Or just stay where you are. We'll just, we'll just go. We'll just go around the building. <laughs> we'll just, yeah, we'll we just ain't got go room down here. Uh, and I think we have the fear of acknowledging that to ourselves and to other people, and to actually live and say, "No, this is wrong," but God's still here. We think if we sin and we acknowledge it, God will throw us away. Yeah. God says, "No, we want you to acknowledge what you did, and we want you to repent and turn and live with me." Yeah. And so there's just kind of that, you know challenge that we all have yeah in this right like this bold brokenness is is this idea of like i know that i'm broken but i'm bold in my brokenness because i know that god's going to deliver me out of this for the betterment of myself and for his kingdom yeah it's like normalizing brokenness it's like we uh really we normalize wearing masks yeah no i'm saying we need to normalize yes. yes If you are a part of a church community, a church family, like the expectation is that you are in need of grace. You're in need of spiritual growth. 
Like it's not the expectation that you got it all together and that you're really mature and you don't need anything. Like that's backwards. <laughs> yeah, it, it's almost like this sense of it's like this false reality or it's this idea of like, well, I know this is what God says, but ah, it's okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't, I don't really need to do this anymore. And again, we put it all on ourselves instead of the way that Micah and the way the Bible shares is you need to lay that all on the altar of God and mm-hmm. lay that at the cross. And it's like, you can't fix this. You can't give yourself grace. You can't fix your brokenness, your bold, you know, like brokenness and this amazing grace doesn't come from you. Mm. So your sin does, but you can't fix it. Yeah. Someone else has to fix it. Like you can't fix yourself. Right. You like, you hear these stories of like, the, like you know, like these doctors that do like surgery on themselves. <laughs> yeah. Like you're insane. Yeah. Like you can't fix yourself. Someone else has to fix you. It has to be God. No yeah. one else can. Yeah. Um, if I fix you, I mean like fix your heart and fix your soul work. Um, yeah. You know, in that. And yeah. And then I think you're right. The more that we normalize and not shove our sins under, you know, you know, you know, like the rug and say, uh, no one needs to know about that. Yeah. I'll deal with it on my own. It needs to be out in the open and be like, that's okay. And here's the, the connection minister moment of the day. Like I will, I will admit that admitting your sins or confessing or whatever, talking about how broken you are is probably really hard in front of 500 people that you kind of sort of know. Yeah. You have to have authentic community in your life. People that, well, a smaller group where you can say, you know, know this is really what I'm going on. And I'm, and I'm trusting you to both be there for me and hold me accountable to making this right. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I may, I may push back on that. Yeah. Yes. And no, I think it'd be easier for me to get up on a Sunday morning. So 500 people and say, this is my sin. Because I think everyone else is going to be like, oh, well, someone else is going to take care of that. Mm. Like, surely the preacher will reach out. Surely his small group will reach out. Surely his friends will reach out. And everyone kind of thinks that. But if I do it to six people, seven people that I'm really close with, then it's like, oh, no, I am saying this because I expect them to keep me accountable. I don't expect 500 people to keep me accountable, but I expect six people to. So even in a small group, I think it may be hard too. But it's that part of just kind of letting go. But yeah, I think you're alone on that one, man. I, I, I really, would, I would not go down front. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that may just be me because I just figured that everyone else would be like, yeah, it's fine, and I'm not gonna have 500 people trying to keep me accountable because they're all like, oh, someone will do it. I feel like the down front thing is like when you're sick or like <laughs> something's, yeah, you know, yeah. like it's not shame related. I don't know. No, but. But I will say this, though. I think the only way that you're going to get help through it is with the small group. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think the 500 people, that that's your best avenue to get help yeah. or to get support and love and prayer for. I think that small group is the way to do that mm. uh, because they are the ones that are invested in you and your life. And stuff like that. They actually so, know you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. right? Like, yeah. the 500 people don't know me. They know my name. Yeah. They don't know who I am. Yeah. But have it in there. But, all right, so for today thought for today you're broken strength for today hope for tomorrow Ooh, sorry you had a real thought (laughs) uh for today you are broken uh uh and it's okay Mm. you can live in that 
Um, you don't rejoice in that and you don't have this false sense of grace. Mm. I sin to get more grace. You have this, okay, it's real. Even in that Micah 7, um, 7, 7, but as for me, I watch in the hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my savior. So even in that, he says, no, this is my God. Know that God is with you. Mm. He doesn't leave you in your brokenness. I feel like people as a church, we feel like when we come into this place, and if we show sin and brokenness, we think God and people will leave us. Mm-hmm. Have you read the Bible? <laughs> God is with the broken. Yeah, The church is for the sick. Jesus is for the sick. We all are. The more that you acknowledge that, the more real you're being with yourself and with God. So when you do that, and not just, hey, I'll send for more grace, but hey, I really want to have this uh, um, bold in my grace and know that God will deliver me. Maybe not on my timeline. Maybe not when I think it should happen. Remember, it says hope for the Savior. It's on his timeline. Uh, know that you can bring that into the church. Mm-hmm. Know that you can bring that into your small groups. You can bring it into your family. You should. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's not you can. You should. Uh, and God's there. Yeah. Like God wants to love you. God wants to restore you. And hopefully God's people are there. And they want to love you. And yeah. they want to restore you. Like. You don't get like a one-time fix deal. It's mm-hmm. not like, hey, I'll repair you once and you're done. <laughs> God's like, hey, I will continue to repair you and over again. Again, look at the story of his people. Yeah, They're always messing up. And God's still like, all right, I'm going to be here and help you because I love you. Um, it's the same with your child. Like mm-hmm. You don't say, nope, I forgive you once. I forgive you every day. Um, so know that you're broken and it's okay. Mm-hmm. God still loves you and wants to be with you and wants you to have bold grace. Yes. Okay. Micah. Micah. It's been a minute since I've just camped out Micah. So there you go. Good times. Yeah, there you go. Um, well, hey, make sure you uh, like, review, subscribe, rate. I put those all in different orders than I normally do. Um, so you're going to throw the people off. Do those. <laughs> Actually, maybe it'll work this time. Uh, do that. Share your episode. If you like this, uh, you know, this may not be some, this may not be the episode where you're like, I'm going to share this with a friend because he's a big sinner. And like, you, you know, like <laughs> Here, you need to hear that. You, you need to hear this one. Uh, <laughs> don't do that. Or maybe do it. I don't know. Be bold. Uh, do what you want to do. But hey, we hope you guys have a great day. Hey, it's February. It's February. Is it second now? Second. Number two. Number second. Hey, today is Tuesday. Febu- oh. February 2nd, 2022. A lot of twos. Good job. You're welcome, all you people out there. And then isn't it February? This is the... it only Groundhog Day. No, is it really? Yeah. No, it's not. Today's Groundhog Day. Why is it not on my calendar? Uh, That sounds like a you and your calendar problem. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I have to read this to you. Okay. Now we're going off. Uh, This coming February, right here, uh, uh, this is the the most unique February in in our lifetime. Excellent. In anybody's lifetime that's living right now. Tell me why. Uh, This year... In February, we have four Sundays, four Mondays, four Tuesdays, four Wednesdays, four Thursdays, four Fridays, four Saturdays. This happens once every 823 years. I'm living it up. Let's go. This is the day that the Lord has made. Just rejoice and be glad in it. I'm doing it. There we go. Well, hey, people. We love you. We hope you enjoyed it. Catch you next time. And enjoy the Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Well... Tuesday. It's not Tuesday. That was yesterday. I know, but why'd it, you say that t- today? But it's it. No, it's Tuesday. Oh, it's two. February second, twenty twenty two. It'd be better if it was on Tuesday. It would have been amazing it if it was been. on Tuesday. <laughs> I was like, today's Wednesday. Anyways, I was confused too. It was a school thing. Hey, did you eat your uh, mailbox uh, quesadilla? I did. 
You did. That even? was like that was like the balm of Gilead. I was so hungry, and I opened up my mailbox, and it was just like a little little treat. Well, yesterday was Taco Tuesday for us, and the Richardsons. Now that baseball started, we don't get to see each other. Be that a much little less regular. Because, but I made a quesadilla and walked it over and put it in your mailbox, wrapped it up. I felt love. I was gonna put it loose, did not just like a just like a. <laughs> I would have been a little less just excited a, to eat it if it was in my mailbox loose. I've seen roaches in there. <laughs> well, good. This was this was wrapped up, anyways. Glad you enjoyed it. Hey guys, love y'all. Have a good Thursday. Take care. See you. Bye. Bye, friend.